Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Two decades in, and podcasting still draws ire from high-profile detractors whose broad brushes paint us in unflattering shades. But there's truth in their criticism, if only we're brave enough to look. Hello and welcome to another Podcast Pontifications with me, Evo Terra. There's just no pleasing some people. A few days ago, uh, Andrew Wilkinson, he's the co-founder of Tiny Capital and an investor in several podcasting businesses like Castro and Supercast and Ride Home Media, tweeted out the following. I'm going to read it verbatim for you. A few weeks ago, I removed podcasts from my phone. Podcasts are mostly people repeating ideas you already agree with or talking about things that trigger anxiety current events slash problems triggers. This has me reading audiobooks, net new learning, 24-7. 10% happier for sure. There'll be a link to that tweet in the episode details so you can go in there. I highly encourage you to go read all of the comments that have come along with that because there are people on either side. Now, what do you what I think about that? Hmm. Well, he's wrong, of course, but he's also right. Let's talk about the ways that I think that that is wrong. First off, it paints that big brush. I mean, realistically, we could paint all of media, all of different forms of media with that same broad brush as we have likely done in the past. There's nothing good on TV. I know I have said sometime in my decades on this planet and I have also doom scrolled, if you will, through the interactive TV guide when I used to have that form of television, and now it's doom-scrolling through Netflix because we're just trying to look for something good, and sometimes we don't find things that are good. You could say that all newspaper reporting is hack journalists, and they just regurgitate what the AP News publishes. You could say angry radio is just, or radio itself is just angry politics, or wacky morning DJs. There's no nothing good there. I could make the argument also against books. You know, I had for a while an Amazon Unlimited subscription. And I got to tell you, some of those books were terrible. Were that my first foray into reading a book? I wouldn't pick another one up after some of those terrible things. So, yeah, it's obviously way too broad of a brush to say that all of podcasting are the ways that Andrew described them. However, he's also right. In general, there's a lot of things he's talking about there. A lot wrapped up in that, which I would have to agree with. And I think if we all are honest with ourselves, we would kind of agree with it, too, at least to a certain degree. Clearly not our shows, but, you know, maybe. I think that's because 
podcasting has a vicious cycle of over-optimization. And that leads to the sameness that I think Andrew was talking about. You see the same guests, or you hear the same guests on programs over and over again, talking about the same things, answering the same questions, covering the same topic. News shows are going to cover the news. It's what you've seen before. There's nothing really new to that, not adding a several different flair to it. Things that cause podcasters to go rush to the microphone cause a whole bunch of other podcasters to rush to the microphone. And the reason that's that happens is podcasters, as a general rule, using my own broad brush to paint with, we have a habit of not listening to other podcasts in our genre. We either do that because we don't want to be spoiled, we don't want to be tainted by the views of others, we want to keep our uniqueness, or more often than not, we just really wouldn't break it down. We don't listen to all that many shows outside of our own, and maybe, of course, this one, clearly. And I can understand that. I understand the need for that. I understand the, not the need, I understand the, the realities of doing that, right? There's a lot going on. And honestly, I, I, I kind of have to ad- admit that I oftentimes, or at least I am currently falling into that, that same trap. And also kind of the same thing that Andrew's got going on right now. I, I haven't taken the steps to actually uninstall the podcast listening app from my phone. And of course, I won't do that. But other than the Washington Post, hi, Martine, uh, and Tech Meme Ride Home, hi, Brian, I really have only been listening to serialized podcast content, stories, people telling me a story, reading me a story in some cases, acting out a story in other cases, or relating back to me a story. Remember what Andrew uh, Andrew had talked about a moment ago was audiobooks, right? So, well, the benefits of serialized podcasts to me are kind of the same thing as an audiobook. And while there are many different benefits, the one that really stands out to me is that they end. An audiobook has an ending. A serialized podcast has an ending. There's there's a story that's being told. When when that story is over and done, it's over and done. I can go find something else to listen to. But with episodic content, and yes, I get the irony of what I'm saying right now, episodic content doesn't end. Until you decide to end the show. And that may be hundreds, and in some cases, more than a thousand episodes. That's a, that's a weight on some people's shoulders, and I get it. So what are the solutions? I mean, these are the perceptions that are out there. What do we do about this? Well, obviously, I think we as podcasters, and you specifically as a podcaster, should go explore serialized content. To listen to, yes, but also maybe to make we know that there are only around 33% of the population listen to podcasts, but 66 would maybe like to if there was something better. Maybe serialized content is a way for you to explore that particular topic. I, I don't know. Maybe it's something you should try. But if that's not for you, if you want to stick to episodic, that's fine. I think your action item is to make sure that the episodic content you're making on your podcast is unique. And that you're not just chasing rankings or doing things because some SEO guru said this is what people are searching on. That leads to the sameness. You cannot please everyone in podcasting, so 
just please yourself and please the few people that want to listen to you, whether that few is a thousand or a hundred thousand. I don't care. Stay focused on what is true and unique to your show because, you know, there is that perception that we all get pretty same out there. Now, if you're going to do this, if you want to make sure you're not the same as everybody else, that means you first off have to befriend other podcasters who make similar podcasts that you make. So do that. Reach out to the people. Even if you haven't listened before, subscribe, listen to your episodes and send them an email. Say, hey, I make the same kind of show you do. We like that. We really do. Podcasters tend to like collaborating with other people. Feel free to tell them it was my idea. Send them this link to this particular episode of Podcast Pontifications if you like. Yeah. See if you can start that conversation to make sure you're covering all of the ground, not just all standing on the same spot of ground. And if you love this content that I just gave to you, feel free to go to buymeacoffee.com slash evoterra and buy me a virtual coffee. That's always nice, and I appreciate it. That's it. I shall be back tomorrow with yet another podcast, Pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.